All right, if you're joining us right now, history just happened in basketball. A number 16 seed in the NCAA tournament just knocked off a number one seed. The last time that happened, 2018. We're not going to talk about that team because we're going to give them a break tonight. But the Purdue Boilermakers tonight against a 16 seed, against FDU, against a coach, Tobin Anderson, that had his own proclamation before the game, actually comes through with one of the greatest Cinderella moments we've seen. And I'm not that shocked by it. Yeah. What about you, Kyle, man? It's weird. I'm not either. I, you know, I mean, I am, but, but we it's are like, because of what it is. It's billed as a one seed versus 16 seed. But we all saw, we talked about susceptible one seeds. Yeah, and guess night. what? There's a very susceptible one seed. And now well, they're out of the weird, tournament. What's weird, Tate, is Purdue is the one we didn't talk about. We <laughs> talked about Houston having injuries, Alabama having injuries, right. Kansas with the Bill Self thing. But I, I think like either on this pod or the pod before that, I made some comment about like, the the big the big Godzillas the big monsters and mm. I didn't include Purdue and I was careful to you know do the hedge and be like sorry Purdue fans <laughs> but we all kind of there is this subconscious thing where Purdue has moved into that Virginia pre-title zone you, you talk about Virginia fans if there's one group of people tonight that are just like woo sigh leave God yes. yeah like the, they are not the <laughs> trivia answer anymore yeah it's yeah. Purdue. Yeah, they're they're the they're part of a two beat tri- trivia answer before, whereas they wore the scarlet letter of shame before as the 16th seed, and it kind of is like we've seen 15s beat twos. Yeah, I've we been saw on, that yesterday, Arizona. I yes, saw it. We I've been on the wrong end of that, but it doesn't. You're right, man. It, there is something about it, and I guess I guess it's just something about Purdue, the way they build the roster. It has been a very well constructed. They have a philosophy. They build their rosters with purpose. Um, but it always kind of has this caveat uh, that's, you know, we've seen that with Gonzaga in the tournament over and over again. But Purdue, I feel like, has moved into this. They've sunk further into this prove-it zone that we kind of do this to NBA superstars sometimes. People are doing it to Jokic. He's in the prove-it zone as good as he is. Purdue going forward, as good as they're going to be, they are going to be in the prove-it zone where we're going to continue to have this doubt about them because of what happened today, I think. Yeah, and going into this game a couple days ago, you know, FDU coach Tobin Anderson, he got caught on camera and he was telling a story and he said to his team, he walked into breakfast this morning and and an assistant coach, Cam Morrell, said to him, quote, the more I watch Purdue, the more I think we can beat them. Let's go shock the world. So that means that Tobin Anderson, coach of the 16th seed, the fairly Dickinson University, um, you know, squad who is not expected to do anything in this tournament. He gets caught on camera saying this. And when it happens, all the Purdue people, you know, in this world are saying, what great bulletin board material for our team, a team that last year goes up against a 15 seed in St. Peter's and St. Peter's knocks them off, even though St. Peter's at that point was in the Sweet 16. They weren't sneaking up on anybody. We knew how good they were. Everybody can tell you that they were a good basketball team coached by Shaheen Holloway. And the irony of it all is that St. Peter's is a school from New Jersey. Fairleigh Dickinson is a school from Hackensack, New Jersey. Um, Princeton, the 15 seed yesterday, they're from New Jersey. So if you're looking for upsets in the tournament, maybe it's a college from New Jersey. So shout out to New Jersey. Apologies to Rutgers. They didn't make the tournament. But Fairleigh Dickinson was confident going into this game. And when I saw that video clip, I didn't say, boy, I'm worried for Fairleigh Dickinson tomorrow. I said, huh, I wonder what he saw on tape. And what he saw on tape was, if we make these other guys beat us outside of Edie, I think we got a good shot. We got a puncher's chance, and we'll see what happens. Let's play the percentages. It's not going to be a pretty game. And what happened was what they expected and what they obviously saw on tape, which is Purdue could not make shots. It's a simple game. They could not make shots. They were 8 for 37 outside of the paint. 
What else did you see, Kyle, man? Because I saw a lot of bad shooting. It was an ugly game, but Fairleigh Dickinson was more athletic and they were tougher down the stretch and they were more fundamentally sound, which is a staple of Tobin Anderson, a five-star guy. Yeah, and, and when we think of Purdue, like I said, we typically think of them as like, you you made a really good point about Purdue early in the year is just kind of like, we have this continuity we do it. We do really well. The the margins where there is like undisciplined, you know, basketball being played early in the year while teams are learning. Uh, we'll exploit that uh, that undisciplined basketball because we're so disciplined as a team, and therefore we're going to win more than we lose. But when you get to the tournament, these are all good teams, and they're all disciplined, and that talent gap isn't there, right? Yeah. Like this backcourt. I told you as I was watching, I was like, I think there's 15 backcourts I can think of in this tournament that I would take over this backcourt. And the perfect example in my mind of what I'm talking about, and it's not on Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer, they're freshmen. That was the whole point of why there was skepticism. But late in this game, Braden Smith has a wide open or a layup opportunity as a lane that's open. And he's on the left side of the basket and he goes up with his right hand and gets blocked. Yeah. And like, that's a freshman mistake. That's like a, that's not fundamentally sound. That's not being aware in a moment in time, right? That's just yeah. a little thing, but that's a microcosm of a large, larger issue, which is these are freshman guards playing in big moments, and they're ahead of schedule. Purdue's not supposed to be a one seed this year. That's why I almost give them a little bit of a, a break because, you know, Jaden Ivey leaves, Trevion Williams leaves. They're supposed to be more of a four or five. They, they think they were picked preseason to finish fourth in the Big Ten, but instead... They were a one seed. They're one of the best teams in the country all year. They have the national player of the year. All of a sudden, you have, just because Zach Eady took that leap, yeah. now you got expectations. And this backcourt and the team constructed around Eady was not built for those expectations. You know, So there is a little bit of a benefit of the doubt you have to give them. But at the same time, this is a 16-1 game. Yeah, and, and it's if you have Zach Eady, it's kind of a similar thing that when you get a Jokic or you get a Giannis on there, and you could kind of watch this happen throughout the year with the advanced stats, is that when you have a guy like that that automatically is this giant asteroid into the into like you're gonna have or or planet we'll we'll use that we'll use the i always use the planet metaphor you're gonna you're gonna I be like able space. to if you have guys that can <laughs> me too uh you're gonna love big interstellar fans on this pod. actually a shout out to neil armstrong big purdue grad he does he is not happy tonight <laughs> oh, no. so apologies to space Apologies. Big apology. <laughs> My bad. We'd like to just address that. No, I, if you have a big guy like that, it's it's easy to set things into orbit because Zach Eady was one of the most prolific and most efficient post players this year. We KOC and I talked about it in our draft show. The bigs he, are back. That's what KOC is telling me. He's all about the bigs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love the bigs. Me too. Me too. Uh, but, you know, you build a roster like that and you could watch like the efficiencies throughout the year. Braden Smith clocked as one of the most, not literally clocked, but he was one of the more like efficient players in the country. And you're talking about shooting. I mean, like on the season, you know, Braden Smith was a 38.9% three-point shooter uh, and uh, Fletcher Lawyer was 32.4, not quite as good. But like you look at this game tonight and it was a slog. I mean, like KOC Texas and said it was, I mean, it was, it was like a make your eyeballs bleed offensive game but it, it when you watched it this was the second like low major high major game that we watched today where it was like kind of clear that the athleticism gap was just not very big like when you watch Kennesaw State and uh you know Xavier pulled the game out but I, I thought throughout the game Kennesaw State looked like the more athletic team in the backcourt and then you looked at this FDU game there really wasn't a huge athleticism gap like one through five, I thought. I thought they looked quicker to the ball. They were hungry. They had Purdue on their heels throughout this game. Something that happened, you know, 
Zach Eady and I want to talk more about this. He's going to get, I think the natural thing that people are going to want to do is attack Zach Eady off of this game and start to make their case. I think the two things are separate. The conversation, I don't know that I'd necessarily blame Zach Eady for this game and his like pro potential kind of being another conversation. I mean, he had, he had a pretty efficient offensive game at 21 points, seven for 11, 15 rebounds, you know, nine, you know, nine defensive rebounds, six offensive rebounds, which is a lot and three blocks. But, he, on some of these block shots, there were just backbreaker moments where Purdue had played good defense. Edie makes a great play on the ball. Clearly, I don't know if this was in the scouting report, but the Fairleigh Dickinson guards were like, when he blocks the ball, if it's a live ball, go get it because yeah. it's going to be. Play's it, not dead. Yeah. Yeah, because there were like several just killer crusher moments where they made a great play on the ball. The possession is not over until you secure the defensive rebound. You can play the best defense in the world, and if you don't secure the ball, you know you can be screwed. And like over and over again, they kept going, and getting those timely putbacks, and it it really really hurt Purdue. And they were just deflating things. But offensively, I think overall, the rest of the team just did not help Zach Eady, To be honest with you, and this is honestly, you know, you talked about space. I'm going to talk about the Bible. This was David versus Goliath. This is a giant in Zach Eady. And, you know, this is a team, the shortest team in NCAA basketball this season, D1. Yeah. That's what you're dealing with with Fairleigh Dickinson. The average height of this team is 6'6". Most of their players out there look like range from 6'1 to 6'3". They're chasing down balls. They, they got the biggest guy, <laughs> you know, just swatting the ball over the place, but somehow they're getting to everything. And they just made Purdue play outside in, which is the opposite of what, what they want to do when they go into a game. And whatever they tried to do, it just felt out of sorts. Edie takes one shot in the last 12 minutes of the game. That's a killer. That's yeah. a killer. What are we doing? And that goes back to what I was talking about before with these freshman guards. That is, These are things that don't happen when you have a veteran veteran presence, I should say, in the backcourt. Not even doesn't have to be a, a veteran guard, just a veteran presence at some level. And I thought Purdue had depth with guys like Gillis and, and uh, you know, even a guy like Ethan Moyer, who is, uh, I said he's a, either a do-something or a do-nothing. I don't know which one at times. In this game, he was a do-nothing. Yeah. And that was the problem with Purdue where, like I said, the talent gap is not large. And if someone's playing a, a sound game with you, and it's back and forth, just like Virginia. The margins, they are less, and the athletic gap isn't there, and all of a sudden we have a ball game, and you know what it is. Mentally, you're a one seed. The clock starts ticking down. Steve Lapis even said, he was like, when do they start to feel it? Right? Yeah, like he that, asked started us. laughing really hard. And I started laughing because I'm like, I, I, I think right about now, Steve, I think right about now is when they're going to feel it because I'm sitting at home and I'm feeling it. So I feel bad for that backcourt, but... In the moment, it just felt like it was inevitable almost. Yeah, they sped him up. I mean, that's that's yep. the kind of the thing here. And and like 11 steals to produce three. I mean, they, they threw out the game. They were trying to not let Purdue. It's the old empire strikes back metaphor thing where, you know, like they, they weren't going to be able to fight the big ATAT hand to hand because he's huge. So they start, they wrap the <laughs> tow cables and they bring them down. Like they clearly weren't going to let Purdue do what they wanted to do uh yeah the, the, the do over and over again there and uh, one one big thing that i was noticing you know they back cut purdue a lot they looked faster similar to kind of what st Peter, peter's did uk last year um if you go and look at kind of the way they attacked this game there was nothing like gimmicky about the uh, the way that they attacked this offensively but uh if you look at the like purdue obviously was really insistent on posting up the ball today uh, you know, Fairleigh Dickinson was way more deliberate about running the pick and roll and spreading it out. Now, they did attack Edie throughout this game. And I think that's kind of the thing for me. You know, I've heard some wild stuff. 
And I, like I said, I think the reaction, I had kind of measured myself a little bit because I kind of came away from this thinking like, well, this is just the argument for why Zach Eady can't play in the NBA. I think that Jalen Huchifino a couple weeks ago actually kind of made a convincing case why it's going to be hard for Zach Eady to play pick and roll in the NBA because he people turn the corner on him easily. Now he gets his fair share of blocks, but in the mid-range, I kind of wonder how quick he is off of his foot, off of his feet. Um, I don't know that like in the NBA, he's going to be a little bit more protected um, I, you know, the athletes are a little bit, the, hopefully the ball pressure would be a little bit better. So I don't know that this is like an exact sort of like put it in a snow globe and point to it and say, that's why not. But overall, I do think that they, they did exploit him by getting him moving side to side. And, uh, there was, there was a recipe for doing this clearly fairly Dick- Dickinson saw, saw it on, on tape. Film. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, what's, that's, what's amazing yeah. to me to go back to the whole start of this is. That blew my mind that, one, that video got out, but two, that they obviously saw something on tape, said it out loud to Purdue, to everyone, and it that, still happened. That That's the part. Well, that's a, like, they're not the first 16 seed to, 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 to believe, to, to, to right, say, to right. say, hey, look how big, you know, look how big my crotch is kind of thing. Like, I don't, I, like, they're not, they're not like, uh, right, UMBC. Yeah, they're not the first team to do that. I think we'd be naive to think that we are. But the thing about them hearing it, that part's weird. That, that part seems a little hazy. Was it like, did they do it? You said you kind of made it sound like maybe they said in the af- afterwards, like, hey, don't put that out. Like somebody- Before Tobin Anderson said anything, he looked at the camera and was like, I don't want Purdue to see this. So there was a lot of people that thought that, you know, he was trying to make sure. Or there were some people that thought that maybe he said, I do want them to see this. There were some questions about what he actually said. But at the end of the day, he brought three guys from his old school St. Thomas Aquinas to this team, and they were the three leading scorers today. Sean Moore was the best player on the court today. He's playing against the National Player of the Year, and he was the best player on the court. Now, make that make sense, right? That's that's how, and this is the biggest upset probably in NCAA tournament history. I think by the spread, it definitely is. This was the 68th team in the tournament playing against the uh, one seed in the tournament. This is a uh, this was a, a backbreaker, a brain breaker. UBC wasn't a play-in winner, were they? No, they were. They were in. Yeah, they, they weren't the last team. Not in. that it, the distance between sixty-four and sixty-eight is so big that we make it. I mean, it's it's like the the twenty-point win for for UMBC. It was says something more shocking, but I mean, it doesn't it doesn't take away from the fact that this was this is a historic thing. And yeah, it's like uh, pour one out by the way for the UMBC Twitter guy that uh, always jumps in in March and tries to become the the main character. <laughs> He's done. <laughs> Fairly Dickinson, you now have run. it. Yeah, it was a good run, but get them out of here. Like Ryan Odom's moved on. We're, we've all moved on as a country. Virginia won the title. You're done. Fairly Dickinson, it's your time. Take over, take it and run with it. You know, that's maybe, what you got to do. Maybe outsource to a comedian or something. Just yeah. kind of do a little work here. Or uh, it, this is the time for you to, this is also your moment, you know, get your right. best jokes off. Rob Riggle. Be in the moment. Take over the <laughs> night. Rob Riggle. Rob Riggle, take over. <laughs> I feel like he's available. He could do it. Take over the night's Twitter <laughs> for the rest of March. Make commentary. Do some videos. Fan duel sponsor it. There you go. We got it all figured out. But uh this is a major upset. I mean, I, I don't really know what else to say other than if I was a Purdue fan, I look at Virginia, I bottle up this feeling that I'm feeling right now, and I say, all right, well, that team came back and they went on to win the national championship in dramatic fashion, as detailed by Ty Jerome. So if I'm Purdue and Zach I'm Matt Eady's Painter, a junior. Zach Eady's a junior. I right, mean, yeah. right. They're coming back. You know, Fletcher Lawyer's coming back. Braden Smith's coming back. They're going to be better for this. So you have to, in some way, bottle this up and hope that you can move forward. If I'm Matt Painter, tonight I'm calling Tony Bennett. I'm, I'm giving him a phone call. I'm swallowing my pride a little bit, and I'm saying, what did you do 
what was your plan of attack? Because I want to be the same kind of script that you guys had. I want to come back as a one seed, have everyone making fun of us, and go on a title run. That is what Purdue should be thinking tonight. Great day for UVA fans. Great day for uh, Indiana fans. I just want to say, I, I, the Indiana fans I know, I know they are like... They are fired sm- up. They're in bathrobes right now, smoking cigars, hot toasting. But, yeah. you know, hey, you know, there but for the grace of God. So, you know, you might go down today too. But I don't even know that that... Even if Indiana loses today, I think that, that this is going to be a sweet day for them. Uh, but condolences for for, for Purdue fans. Uh, it's uh, it's rough. It was it, the, the, the beat... What you know, the easiest job in the building is the B camera roll guy, like the uh, the crowd, the crowd camera guy. He's just kind of like, just move the camera and yeah, he, keep, he just yeah, just pan, turn your pan, just close yeah. your eyes and pan the camera. And there's a depressed person that that uh, is is thinking about driving to a bridge after this game. Like it's it's just uh, it's brutal. It's brutal. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe Purdue can. You know, I don't know. You think Edie comes back? I mean, he's, he probably might as well, right? If I mean, I'm Edie, I'm definitely coming back. I, this cannot be my last game. I saw Edie's mom grabbing her heart in the crowd. I feel like they have a connection to Purdue. He also play, started playing basketball so late. I feel like there's some there's an argument to be made that there's actually room for growth. We saw the National Player of the Year, Oscar Shibway, come back this year. So Edie might be on the same kind of track where he comes back. And, uh, you know, he's 11 inches taller than than everyone pretty much on the team at fairly Dickinson. Their offense had ED today. And you they know what would, I mean. Right. Oh, got him. And uh and they would not give this big guy the ball. This is a very Neanderthal take, but give the tall guy the basketball and let him go win you the game. I don't understand it. I understand they can't get him the ball because they're making sure that he's getting ball denied. But at the end of the day, somehow, some way, Zach Eady's got to take a shot down the stretch. It was frustrating to watch. I feel for Purdue fans. I wish I could do something to help. It was great. It was great, though, for like the Arizona pick, you know, for me. Like, it was great to get that, get the stench off me. This is just a crazy tournament. Madness is here, you know, and it, and it can get anybody at any time. Two so years in a row, man. I mean, like, it's it's like uh, Painter's nowhere near. I mean, like we said, P- P- Purdue has it like since like 96. Uh, this, this is... This has been a good era overall for Purdue, but it just kind of goes to show you that you you get in one match. It's just amazing how one game can change. I know you've experienced this. I've experienced this. You can have a terrible season and have a great run, and it totally twists the way. It erases all the malaise and just, you know, frustration and hand-wringing that you had throughout the year. And you can have an awesome year and have it tainted by one bad night. That's the beauty of this of this tournament, man. Like, um, I've been on both sides of it, uh, but... Tough night. This is one of this is one of those uh, this is one of those nights where you have a good year and, and you just have a bad taste in your mouth if you're a Purdue fan. A very very bad taste for Purdue. Condolences, thoughts, and prayers. We're pour, we're pouring one out for you guys right now. We have another show that will be coming up later. This is just a bonus episode. Bill Simmons hit us up and he texted producer Kyle and he said, "If Purdue loses, you got to go record now. Emergency podcast." So this is our reaction. This is our emergency podcast. It was uh, quite the emergency. Maybe not as shocking or as stunning as Virginia was in 2018 because again the first time is always the lids off right yeah. right we already we already knew this was possible but 2 in 150 all time since we started this back in 1985 so it is special it is a moment in time we feel for you Purdue fans i think you will be back i do not doubt Matt Painter i just doubted him tonight against Tobin Anderson who had a great night um congratulations to Fairley Dickinson great w excited to see you in the second round and if uh, you're a duke basketball fan 
Woof, the bracket just broke for you perfectly. And uh, it's I honestly looking... wasn't worried about Purdue with Duke. Like, I, I, I don't know. I you thought I, Duke was going to win that game, even though they lost to Purdue earlier. See, yeah, they're that's... a different team. They're right. a different team. They're Di- playing better. Their guards Li- are playing better. They're lively big, they're changes things, right, with ED. So, yeah, Duke, uh, the path is paved. But also, let's see what Penny Hardaway can do. This has been a bonus episode. Um, again, condolences, thoughts, and prayers to Purdue. Um, Kyle, anything else before we get out of here? No. No, uh, we'll see you guys in a little bit. Yeah, we'll see you later tonight. We'll talk about all the games that happened in day two. Not as crazy as day one, but uh, a one seed did lose to a 16 seed. So that's pretty mad. We'll see you later.